It has once again been a Leak One kind of week. We're on the Owls Americast. Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. We'll get into why in just a moment. I am your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. This is my third podcast today. Uh, I'm very tired. The MLB playoffs are about to begin, and I've got... 150,000 words to produce between now and the new year for my job. So I'm never going to be less tired or, than I am right now. But regardless, I just poured a beer. I did not do anything fancy. I went into my fridge and out of the back, I took a page from my co-host book and grabbed an utter chaos from Talisman Brewing Company in Ogden, Utah. It's a chocolate milk stout. It's 5%. Uh, it's not super chocolatey or super milky. It's perfectly fine. Uh, I will drink all of it over the course of what will probably not be a particularly long podcast. And joining me, possibly drinking a chocolate milk out of his own, or perhaps something else in New England. So I'm doing one now, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Jeff, I'm drinking uh, Move On Up Milk Stout. Uh, brewed with uh, <laughs> cocoa nibs and uh, cold brew coffee from okay. Upper Pass Beer Company in uh, Stowe, Vermont. So... Good, good call. We should. Uh, we did not discuss this beforehand, no. so I'm impressed. We need to treat ourselves because it was a, you know, whatever. Not the worst week of Wednesday football. We will review the Port Vale and Plymouth games, cover some Wednesday news, such as there is. There's not much, and preview Cheltenham Town coming to Hillsborough at the weekend. We will start with Port Vale, and my word for that game is landscaping the club should probably invest in some look we've seen some bad hillsborough pitches over the years right we've certainly seen some bad league one pitches in recent memory this match was played on october 1st there's been like four home matches there what is going on that was i mean that stood out to everybody i I turned the game on and you had the you know, I follow gives you that still shot of the tunnel waiting for the players to come mm-hmm. out. And it was just like, what the fuck is going on here? And uh, it, it, and it, it cha- got worse. It, it changed the way they it wanted they were going to play, right? Because they played way more direct, which they might have had to do against Port Vale anyway. Uh, you know, Stockdale's distribution was as bad as I've seen it. I, I, I don't know how much of that is even on him versus the pitch. And I thought, especially in the second half, like, you did not get the Reese James, Marvin Johnson interplay you've seen in recent weeks because they were on that side of the pitch in the second half. And it was, they could not work the ball down that side to each other with the kind of like quick passing they wanted to do. Yeah. I, it was, it was ugly though. I, I don't, I didn't, I thought Port Vale was actually playing the ball on the ground uh, in the first half. And they were, I they were really like, understand yeah. why we wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. They, they weren't, they were okay. They weren't terrible. Yeah. I mean, until uh, they like, had the, until the they got, long throw. Yeah, until Wednesday got a goal and they just started kicking every Wednesday player they could find to try to <laughs> get the ball back, which whatever, it's League One, that kind of stuff's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, there's not much else's match. Will Vox scored a... Was this the that best... was a stunning goal. Was this that the was best goal they've had? Goal. They've had some great goals this season. Was this the best goal of the season? Maybe. Yeah, the, the the other one was the the one that I think you and I preferred uh, in that uh, Pizza Cup match, I believe, or maybe the League Cup match, where Fizz yeah, did just, that just short little turn and and pumped it in. But yeah, this was, I mean, on, literally off off my seat onto my feet, yeah. verbally yelling, "Oh my God!" You know, Bonk, with Bonk's, my Bonk's was further out than Fizz for starters. 
He basically and it, he did no time. He had to one touch it. It kind of fell to him. And if you look at it, like there was an angle I saw on Twitter from like the. I don't know if it's called the North Stand there, but like further down the North Stand, this was a little behind and a little bit of an oblique angle. He has a defender right on him, so he doesn't have time to like really pummel the ball. Like it's not he has to just like take a short little pullback and just ping it. And I think everybody thought he was going for the tackle. Yeah, and he just curls into the top. Said he unleashed that. It was so. So it's one of those goals. Like some of these, like big long range goals you know if it's you know bannon running onto a ball or we've seen it that from like ross wallace cutting in everyone's counting shoot and you know you start to inch up to the edge of your seat a little bit when they're making that run on goal this one and this was shot into the away end nobody leaves their seat until the ball is like in the back of the next i don't think anybody thought it was he was going to shoot or it was going to go in no and then they certainly left their seat yes there were uh there were limbs everywhere Limbs and posterior. Other things, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> all about. Um, no, and you know what was really nice about that, Jeff, as you referenced that, is that we, we get that and just absolutely saw the game out from yep. there. I mean, I, I think some of that obviously was Port Vale being a little frustrated. I think they, they felt like maybe they had done enough to to get a point. Um, no, and maybe they had, but, uh, you know, that was I, – I thought we, we saw that game out very professionally. There was no – Yep. No real stress after that went in, which, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the last few weeks. They've been doing that this year. Yep. They've been tying or winning the games. And in years past, they would have mucked up. Um, this is exactly the kind of points. performance and kind of win you need to get automatic promotion. The problem, Justin, is there's another kind of win you need to get automatic promotion. And that's beating your top of the table sides. Yeah. I don't like. Um, I think that's it on Port Vale, right? We don't really need to say I don't. It. I don't have any. No, I mean, literally, it's the field was shit. Yeah. We struggled at the beginning. They were decent, yeah. better than I thought they'd be. And Box had a worldly. Like yeah. there you go. That is that is the that is the Port Vale game. Yeah, three points. So Plymouth at midweek. Uh, man, my word is ambivalent because mm. there's a, there's a lot to like from this game from the Wednesday point of view, right? I thought for the first hour or so, they were clearly the better side. Um, they were kind of almost, they're very similarly matched. They, you know, Plymouth certainly had some real energy and ability going forward. Oh, that was a dangerous front. It was front a dangerous front line, right? They also really weren't great marking balls down the channel at the back. And, I thought Bannon picked them off all day, just like through balls to the wing backs or, you know, Michael Smith running down the channel out wide. They, I mean, obviously once they had a ton of opportunities, they could have easily been two or three, one up at that hour mark. And like, yeah, there were some goals. Michael Smith had a goal, a goal opportunity at the beginning of the second half where he should have made the keeper really make a stop. And the keeper certainly made, a ton of stops, uh, incredible stops. You know, he certainly should have been. He was, I th- thought he was certainly man of the match for Plymouth. Um, uh, was that Michael Cooper? Michael that, Cooper, yeah. Was, I know he's um, a young, uh, young keeper. I think maybe yeah, they he's were a saying, city loney something. Yeah, they're saying lines. Aston Villa has interest in him too. So and you can see it. He's a top quality keeper. Uh, and like, look, if it had just been a game where the opposing keeper stands on his head away from home, and it go the 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 rub of the green goes against you. 
you, you know, it's a 46 game schedule. There's going to be games where just, you know, there's that one, it's not even one moment of brilliance. There's one player that just takes the, the game by the scruff of the neck and says, my team's not going to lose today. Uh, and that's going to happen. And Plymouth are, are a good side in this, at this level. It They're just, a very good side. It just felt like so self-inflicted to me. Um, you know, we've said, I think several times on this show that one of Wednesday's strengths in this league is they have the kind of bench depth where the five substitution rule is really going to play in their favor to, to change games. And this was a game that, look, um, they played really well for the first hour, 60, 65 minutes. The five minutes before the subs, you know, they started to get a little leggy, right? Plymouth started to grow into a little more. Their subs started to have an impact on the yeah, game. they made they made they made earlier. I think they made three or four. I mean, once they were forced into yeah. one with Iorfa for for James, right? But tactically, like they, I'm like, look, the fine things were going well. Like you, they kept knocking on the door. They were the better team, and then man, it's been the talking point literally since they walked off the pitch at the you know in the 73rd minute or whatever it was, 70th minute, pulling off Barry Bannon and and, and Josh Windass for Billy Bashiru and Gregory and. It, they did not feel like they had the ball in the in the attacking third the rest of the game after that. So was that not that was not Gregory, wasn't it? Patterson that came in. Oh, yeah, it's Patterson. Which, that Sorry, that, Patterson. That, that Gregory was, came that in was, later. That was my biggest issue. I I actually didn't, and and I could very well be wrong here, and I, and I'm quite willing to uh, admit it. I was surprised that Baz came off because he had just had another sequence of kind of tip tapping the ball around yeah. and almost setting up uh, a goal but you know i i think at that point given how tired some of our players were he took a little knock in the first half too having fizz come in was something that made sense to me um having it should have been come in did not i I thought fizz should have come on i shot it think it should have been for vox because you look at those substitutions in the context of the game and you're looking to get a little bit. It's look, they're they're not. It, they're like for like, but they are kind of like defensively minded in a way. You want to like solidify your spine a little bit, get a little bit bigger and stronger. You know, Patterson is a is a player that can drop deeper as well. The problem is like all the success they've had that game was Bannon pulling the strings in midfield, and they did and not have a release valve. Forward. Yes, and they did not have a release valve once Plymouth started coming at that point. And like no, they don't have a defensively minded bench, which again is is fine as far as it goes. They were forced to make a defensive substitution early but, for a guy who, frankly, hasn't been a good defender this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but like it's just, it's it just it the substitution. They say subs change games, and it did, and not for the better there. No, no, and it was disappointing because I I thought that that first half, um, I think that was the best half of football that I've seen Wednesday participate in, in, you know, two or three years, if, if not more, I literally couldn't look away at one point. Nearly it was, it was myself. open. My, my word because, up until the, like the substitution yeah. is going to be open. Cause this game was even in the second half, it got a little, they got a little leggy in here and there, but you know, the first half was just end to end constantly. I took more notes on the first half than I have any game. I yep. think since I've joined the pod, just in terms of, you know, whether it was, you know, noting Backinson's good for a mistake, yeah. and then what a pass by Backinson, or you know how how cool Palmer was. He was so the smooth and comfortable with the ball, 
finding space. His goal. So I was impressed. watching. I was watching the first half oh, on, that was on a phone in a bar. So, you know, it's literally on my iPhone. Also, it was like for whatever reason, the I don't know if this was my phone, but it felt like the Plymouth Stadium was not particularly well lit. It felt kind of dark in general. Um, I agree. So I, I'm watching this. I see the ball come down the wing, and I see the, you know, the player cut in and, you know, take a touch and just coolly finish into the corner. And I'm like, oh, that's a that's like a true striker's goal by Michael Smith right there. Because <laughs> I can't see yeah. who the player is. And it turns out it's Liam Palmer just scoring an absolute uh, it, peach of a goal. It took yeah. me a minute. Yeah, yeah, it took me a minute because it was like you do the math. You see Backinson slide it through. And I saw the run coming from that side. I'm like, who the fuck is playing out there? And you go, is that Palmer? With the, You're right, just the softest. The first touch to get into space, and then the second lefty touch to just drip it into the corner was yeah, it's like, a, a, a stunning goal. But he all, all game Palmer was doing that. He was, you know, and like, he, was, he looked great. You know, a lot has been made of his goal-scoring record over the years here. And, you know, he hasn't always been put in positions to you know in systems or you know playing as a traditional right back and he's played a lot in in right center back in the during more three but it's one where he pushes up right a lot more he's more attacking minded he did come up as a central midfielder yeah yeah a defensive yeah but yeah yeah. still a central midfielder yeah so like yeah he's he's playing incredible football like week in and week out at this point yeah well he's keeping poor jack hunt hasn't gotten off the bench in a month you know, there's there's nothing he can do. I I thought overall, it, certainly attacking. I thought we were we were fabulous. And you know what? I thought the back three actually played. I thought that I thought well. yeah. I thought the defense was you know it was a uh, again like even after the subs like you just you invite that much pressure in over and over again you're gonna break eventually. That's just the just the reality of it. And they they brought some guys off the bench. I mean, I I sat my my first half notes were all about when when we did the preview. Um, preview there with uh, the American uh, Plymouth fans. Uh, you know, he had really highlighted Finazaz and uh, Bali Mumba and the two of them coming oh, yeah. off the left side. Azaz as the, you know, sort of winger and Mumba as the the fullback were devastating up there. But they take off Azaz and I think to myself, this is great. And they bring in Sam Cosgrove who ends up, uh, I believe he got the winner. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I thought Ryan Hardy's goal was excellent. I know some people thought maybe uh, Stockdale should have had it. Maybe he should have. But, you know, it was a great – like, I, I I understand why everybody was so disappointed afterwards. It's It was extremely frustrating to see us have the ball on the front foot, make some questionable substitutions. Um, and, again, we don't know. Maybe Windass was a little banged up. Uh, but he would not have been the guy I would have taken off, and I definitely wouldn't have put Pato on. Um, I think we did drop back after that. It just it wasn't great. I understand why people are frustrated, but I really walked out of that okay with things. We went on the road to the top team in the division, and probably, well, yeah, I think we were the better team. Um, and I, I think that's something to take away. And, and I realize people could say, oh, we're – you know, we're six back now, but we're, we're literally, we're at the quarter point of the season. I know, but I the, think that's, we've shown that's a big, we can, we, yeah, it's, you know what, we'll, we'll see him in Hillsborough. I know. And I think we said after the Ipswich game, you know, we might look back and see that as an important point. We might look back and see this as an important six pointer at the end of the season too. 
And maybe. And their and their and record maybe. against the top six so far is not good. And like, look, they've got a nice bit run of the schedule coming up now. They can gobble up points and, and claw that back, but it's really tough to get autos if you're not beating those teams directly in competition with you, or at least playing them to a draw. Right, which we we've had a couple draws. Um, you know, yeah, Ipswich and Portsmouth, and they maybe were a little. Uh, the point of the point at Ipswich might have been undeserved, and the point at Portsmouth might have been undeserved in opposite directions. But sure, um, you know, and the the Peterborough game was obviously trash with that mm-hmm. card. It just that ruined the game there. I don't know. I I was just so entertained. I guess that's uh, why the, I, the I'm crowd. Ambivalent. The crowd yeah. was fabulous. Yeah, the crowd was fabulous. Uh, uh, Plymouth's fans were actually making some noise. We haven't heard a lot of uh, home fans make noise when we're when we're in another stadium. There was there was a great atmosphere. It was a great advertisement for League One football. Um, but I, I got to tell you, you know, I was saying to my son at the same time, I said, "You can feel this coming." That last ten minutes or so, mm-hmm. it, it went from us going off the front foot to settling back, and they had. Three to, I mean, they had that weird, what was yeah. that goal? Out of bounds? Well, it's the one that the Palmer one supposedly back. clawed out from like under the bar, but I thought it was, I thought it was a goal. Oh, I thought it was, was over the line. I thought it was over the line. But I yeah. didn't know what that was. Um, okay. I and then they had a fairly just... legitimate penalty shout in there too. Although that, in fairness to the ref, he was not giving anything either way that whole game really. Well, that could have been a red card on uh, James on the sideline. That was yeah. a. He got absolutely scissored down uh, after he let yeah. go of the ball. I, I was fine with the yellow. Yeah, I thought, yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it's these little things. I, I don't know. I, I understand the disappointment. Um, I hate that it's an excuse for the the usual uh, people to roll out with uh, Moore's an idiot, nice guy, but doesn't know what he's doing. You know, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've expressed over the two years my reservations with his in-game tactical acumen that was probably a demonstration of that yeah but again the tough thing is we don't know you know was baz banged up you know why didn't we see gregory sooner i was screaming for yeah. gregory maybe he's and he's not he's know, gonna he's protect his, he's gonna protect his players on the post game too if they are banged up a little bit yeah and also you don't want that you know you got a game on saturday you don't want that uh that out there either so no i agree but it's like yeah it's just gonna be the thing right the expectations are automatic promotion and he's, you know, they've, they've lost games against or drawn games. They should have won against teams that are directly in competition. But I'm like, look, it's a results-based game. That's what it is. Like we can, uh, he's been manager there now for, you know, a season, almost two full seasons. That's, you know, that's a long time without, you know, he's seen them through a, through a relegation that obviously was not entirely, his fault or even I, yeah, mostly I like whatever he took that. over in a really bad situation but you know they were on there on the last day of the season against Darby and did not get away like they were they they're you know that game was not managed well in a lot of ways um I definitely don't right, re- I, I do not want to rehash that god knows but you know he no. saw them for relegation they had a disappointing playoff exit in in last in last year's playoffs and now they they strengthen the squad significantly. And again, that's a testament to his recruitment policy. But ultimately, you know, fourth, fifth place is not going to be good enough. Well, we're not in fourth, fifth place. We're in third place. All right. Fair and, enough. But yeah. You know, like, 
I, and I agree. Uh, friend of the pod, Andy Fox, was uh, we were texting, uh, you know, and he said, you know, it feels like the front two is slipping away. And I, I understand that feeling. I get that. I just, I, I always come back to the fact that, like, it is October. This season is so fucking long. They're going to be playing football. Yeah, I know. Like, through April. Like, we're all going to be in Charleston five months from now, <laughs> and they're still going to be playing football. Yeah. I, I'm, it's going to be a weird to season, too, with the Winter talking. World Cup and everything else. And, yeah, it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, no, I to me, I still always come back to the there's a lot of time left. I'm disappointed we lost. It was a frustrating end. But, you know, uh, maybe I'm irrationally positive or maybe I'm just being rational. Um, there's a long way to go. We had a really enjoyable game up until the. 80th minute against a quality team uh, who's sitting in first place. So, you know, is what it is. We roll on. We do roll on. We will take a break, come back, cover the Wednesday news, and preview Cheltenham Town. Welcome back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Coming off the Portville game, both Will Vox and Ben Hannigan in the team of the week. I both are. I thought Hannigan was very good, actually, in both games. And you know, you score a goal like Will Vox, you get in the team of the week. It's just the way. It yeah, goes. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I thought Vox was. I thought he was good. You know, I mean, he he got two games this week. I think yeah. he he did what he's expected to do. Plus. A worldly, mm-hmm. so you know, like that's that, that's a nice week. We've we've been getting guys in the team of the week uh, pretty much every week. Although you'd kind of argue maybe we should. I did enjoy his uh, post game comments. He did the the cartwheel under the backflip celebration, which I guess he's done a few times. And they asked him, uh, "Were you worried about doing it on on that pitch?" And he's like, "Yeah, but <laughs> after that goal, I felt like I had to." So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we we should have mentioned that too earlier. I, I forgot about that. My my son just couldn't stop talking about it. I said, "Cool, it's great, but that's Selly. Oh my god!" Uh, I said, "Yeah, that's that's good stuff. It's fun to see." Darren Moore has strengthened his backroom staff. Is all adding uh, James Chan to the first team coaching staff. He worked with Moore at West Brom. He's most recently an assistant at Rochdale. Sounds like he's mostly going to be involved in sort of like training stuff during the week um maybe he has a idea of who to substitute in the 70th minute that might be helpful too <laughs> doesn't sound like he'll get that responsibility no it, it's nice though as uh you know as a coach when you especially on the the training pitch when you have the more qualified people that you have around you yes. the more people you're comfortable with the more people that understand your message and what you're looking for Mm-hmm. the the better off you are you can break up into smaller groups you can do more detailed things you you can do that and so obviously he's uh, very experienced he's coached like at all the youth levels in west brom was an assistant coach there for a while with more too you know has some caretaker manager experience at west brom and uh kidderminster harriers was actually a head coach at solihull moors so you know i'm still fairly young at 43 so you know it's just uh, another another voice in the room will be helpful one hopes and it's nice you know again we we have advantages in this league and and perhaps uh increasing the size of our coaching staff and bringing in quality people 
or so we hope. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's something we can we can take advantage of. One of the advantages they have in this league right now is the upcoming schedule as Cheltenham Town come to Hillsboro this weekend. Take it away, Justin. So Cheltenham Town, I feel like, is your uh, fits right into your prototypical. League it is one of them. Yeah. Sense. Cheltenham, that's, that's exactly Markham, it. Yeah. Aquiton Stanley, Aquiton Stanley, uh, yeah, and uh, any in a Fleetwood town, Doncaster, yeah, sure. Uh, I know they're not in the league anymore, but yeah. Um, so they're a Gloucestershire club. They're pretty old, 1887. Um, they played in all of those leagues that we love poking <laughs> fun at. Um, they they did make it to the football conference in the late 90s um, and joined the EFL in 1999. Uh, was the first time they joined. Um, and a couple of years ago, came up to League One by winning uh, League Two under Michael Duff, who was, uh, I forget now where he showed up. We played them already this year. He's the man who advanced through all eight levels of the pyramid yeah. as a player. Um, and Cheltenham Town is the Robins. Um, so they're actually not terrible. Uh, they're very mid-table. Uh, they're in 14th. Uh, right now, but they're on a decent run of form. They got three. One, they've won three from four. Um, they do have a. Uh, they're four wins, two draws, five losses, eleven goals for, eleven against. That's a minus one on the road. They're uh, one win, two losses, two draws, three goals for, four against, minus one goal difference. I have a feeling um, if there's you know seven goals in five road games, how this is gonna set up this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, you're already you're already getting an idea. It's uh, it's there. La- last year we uh, last year kind of summed up our performance against them. To me, kind of sums up the season. Where in in October we went to uh, their home at Wadden Road and we we drew two to two, and then we got them in March when we were playing better in Hillsborough and crushed them four to one. Um, so. You know, again, this is exactly what that is. Uh, mid-table, League One, small squad. Uh, so Michael Duff had been a very successful manager. Uh, they brought in a guy named Wade Elliott. It's his first head time, uh, first full-time head coaching job. Uh, they play a 3-5-2. They're tough to break down. They like to uh, play defense and then hit you on the counter with long balls. Um, the one thing that I would say seems to be a little different about them than a lot of other teams that we would say that about is they tend to come at you up the middle. It's their central midfielders that do a lot of the distribution up to the, up to the front two and the uh, attacking central midfielders. So that's where a lot of their, it looks like that's where their attacks will try to come. So it could be a big game or an important game to have, uh, you know, a Vox or uh uh, back and send some somebody in there to, to make mm-hmm. sure we we break that up um, not a ton of uh, names on this squad I, I think some people may recognize the name Alfie May he's a forward he's the leading scorer with three goals and two assists he's a prototypical lower league scrappy uh, you know bit of a bit of a scruffy guy but gets the job done and they they have a, a their other strikers a guy named Dan uh, Lynn Lundulo, uh, apologies, Dan, for mispronouncing your name, who's uh, on loan from Southampton. He's got three goals and assist. He's real dynamic with the ball at his feet. Um, their key central midfielder is Liam uh, Sercombe, 
he only has one assist, but he's the guy who makes everything happen there. So if we're going to man mark anybody or, or shut somebody down, he's the guy to do it. And then their back three is pretty young. Uh, Caleb Taylor, Lewis Firestone or Freestone are 19 and 22. Um, Sean Long is the other uh, defender. But they are excellent in the air. So this is, again, you know, we're not going to get anywhere by lumping balls into the box. They're going to pack nine to ten men behind and dare us to do something. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I, I expect we will have the ball. We will go at them. Um, and hopefully we can we can get a bounce or, you know, make something happen early to get a lead and force them out of their shell. But... Yeah, it feels like another one where they get one, they'll get three kind of game. Could be. I mean, it could look could end up a little more like Port Vale as well. Yeah. That was that was on the road. I'm not sure how much that actually will matter, but you know, we we pressure, we pressure, we yeah. pressure, we finally get one, and then we just shut the game down. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't look like they have. Well, if they water the pitch this week, it won't be like Fort, Port Vale. So. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But yeah, again. As you mentioned earlier, um, this is three points we need. These yep. are the teams we need to beat. And the nice thing is these are the teams we have beat so far this year. So let's let's get those three points and, and keep the ball rolling. You've been listening to episode 191 of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are fellow Wednesday as Trevor and the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean. Probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of Maricast, we ask that you rate and review the show. So it's more Wednesday to find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, what's your favorite uh, milk stout? I don't know that I have one. I, I... I have several that I will go to. I, I will say it's funny how, uh, in the end, uh, left hand milk stout is uh, still just a classic. It is. I, I mean, I was, go back to. I almost you know? always pick that one. I would probably pick that one. In this instance, I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. I do want to. Uh, I want to put a shout in for one I had in Rochester, New York. I'm trying to remember the name of it now. It's a, it's, a, it's a coffee milk stout. It's like a sorry. It's like a white Russian style. Milk stout or whatever. I had like a big old batch. That I think it's like good. it's like it's like it's like it's like uh, I think it's like dude. There's a beverage here or something. It's like a reference. I'm, I'm obviously butchering this. It's not a good good sign. Um, but yeah, if you're other ever up at like it's Fifth Frame Brewing, I think it's called. They uh, basically all their tables are like old like bowling alley lanes and stuff. Um, what were you doing in Rochester, New York? I was actually Starting bowling baseball? in a. I was bowling in a tournament, actually. Ah, there's there you a. Go. Uh, there's a regular tournament up there that is. Uh, there's two of them: the Wild Irish Rose and Cannon Degua, and the sorry, this is the yeah, it's Wild Irish Rose and Cannon Degua, and it's the Lilac City in Rochester. So I used to go up there every every summer to bowl them. Very good. I'm seeing a couple of pastry stouts on their list. It might be a pastry stout. Claw, um, clawfoot bathtub espresso mousse cake. That seems is little, not what it is, no. Yeah, I was going to say, seems a little more than uh, you would typically uh, go for. No, no, we'll keep an eye out. It is, we're getting to that time of year. I, uh, we are in, we are I, in I stout never, season. I mean, it's still like 75 here, but well, we'll no, eventually... 
fifties sure and there. wet in New England. So you you know you know this weather, Jeff. You miss. They this do weather. have a they do have a beer called Well Chuffed on tap right now, which is unsurprisingly an English pub ale. <laughs> Whatever, it's a short Perfect. show. We can just start looking at uh <laughs> at tap. Or we can in, just in say yeah. Or Let's we can just uh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Or we can just see you back here next week.